Welcome to the Fuck Trauma podcast with me, your host, Candice Tamara. I'm a trauma mindset coach and I am on a mission to help you free yourself from your past and create the secure, loving and healthy relationships with yourself and with others that you truly deserve. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fuck Trauma podcast and I am joined with a very special guest Katie Rose Jones who is a spiritual mentor and a previous client of mine um, and an incredible businesswoman and she's going to speak a little bit about her experiences in business with trauma and people pleasing and and everything else that comes up and so I will hand over to her to introduce herself a little bit more. Well hello there. <laughs> um, so a little bit about me. Um, I live in Wales, got two kids and a husband, who's my third child really. And I um have had an interest in a way or growing up in the from like teenage years. I was an athlete at one point and then I got an illness, a chronic illness. Um and then life just got a little bit crazy and hectic and it felt like every year it went downhill <laughs> little by little mm-hmm. and then I got to a point where I was like that's it I've got something's got to change mm-hmm. you you know that moment you're like something has to change and uh I started just changing my life little by little just like baby steps bit of nutrition bit of personal development here and there until I stumbled across the world of spirituality um mm-hmm. which was so new to me I had no idea about it whatsoever and I've got a tarot deck and I started playing around with that and I was like this, this is right like I was just reading for myself at this point I was like oh my god this is so accurate and I loved it and I, I started learning about that and that's when I started really going into sort of meditation and mindfulness and I was like wow this really works like I didn't I didn't I'm such a skeptic like for what I do I am such a skeptic so I approached everything with like "Mm, yeah let's just see if if this works Mm -hmm. um and anything that did work I just learned about or I trained in it so I did Reiki then because that was the next thing I had in meditation I was like oh what's that let's have a look into that Mm -hmm. and I started with that and I started helping people then who were similar to me in just having some time to relax and heal and then I was like, oh, what else is that? <laughs> I would go down a rabbit hole of terrible. And then I started in some sound healing and I was like, wow, this is amazing for my symptoms. Um, I was sleeping better and I was like, oh, wow. And then I went into NLP and the mind. And then I was like, oh, do you know, this unlocked everything for me. NLP was like, ah, oh, I understand why I'm the way I am. Mm-hmm. And that was a powerful thing. And then all my symptoms disappeared once I understood the mind. And that was even more like, oh, because nobody teaches you this stuff. Nobody teaches Mm -hmm. you that what you've experienced or how you were brought up Mm -hmm. can affect the way that you behave and you act and the way that you think. Mm -hmm. And the physical symptoms then that you get because you're not addressing the emotions. And I I was just basically a big bag of emotions when I met you. um and that is the thing trauma lives in the body so a lot of the symptoms that you know p- 
people face and um you know illnesses it's really just that tra- trapped trauma that's living in your body it's trapped fear yeah and it comes out in all different ways so how did um spirituality and the things that you've you know you work with how did it better or improve your 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 illness um I think the first thing was so I didn't have a a belief system I was just I never really grew up with one Mm -hmm. didn't really know what to believe I didn't like and when people telling me certain things I was like "Mm." and I'm really sort of logical as well and I like I like the science of stuff I like to understand things so the fact that I do what I do just makes me giggle sometimes because I still love that I still love the logical side and somebody to break it down and go this is this but what I learned was the connection to something bigger than me and it takes like a weight off you when you start to understand that like I do believe everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. I do everything I've been through if I like if I didn't have my illness I wouldn't have met my husband so I wouldn't have my kids do you know that and and I wouldn't have had my illness if I hadn't been through what I went through growing up so everything plays out some way or another you just don't know it when you're in it and you're like why (laughs) and and I truly 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 believe that too and the fact is is now that because you've been through it you are able to then help other people that are going through it too you're able to lead the way and guide them which is exactly what I do um thanks to the trauma that I experience it's why I'm able to do what I do now it all fits together perfectly like every single piece of the puzzle makes sense to where I am right now and what I do and how I can help people it all was meant to happen that way so I totally totally um hear that and agree Mm. so Tell me a little bit more about, you know, overcoming that that trauma for you and, and what that looked like. You said that when you came to me, you were a bag of of emotions. Um, but before that, before we, you know, we started working together, you, you, you know, you had transformed your life in terms of your your illness and that trauma that was trapped inside of you. Yeah. So I knew there was a connection to my illness and my parents' divorce. Mm. and everything I was experiencing there and um as I've been going I'm also doing yoga teacher training and like the psychological side of that came up and it I recognized that I basically created an invisible illness because I felt invisible at home at that point and And I and was it to get attention sorry to cut you off there but is it was it a way of getting attention Yes, yeah, yeah, because that, and then it's like you can't leave me because I yeah. need looking after, and oh, I have all these things that I've realised. I'm like, oh my god, that is so embarrassing, or like I feel guilt because I'm like, oh my god, I was just looking for attention, but that's just life. That's god. growing up, and that's it the just, lesson to learn. Yeah, and I see it all the time in loads of different ways. It just comes out in a slightly different yeah. way. That's all. It's yeah. always a symptom. Yeah, and I had a big one with my husband because <laughs> when I first met him, he was so affectionate and looking after me because I met him as I was getting poorly. But then it just became the norm. So then it was like, oh, she's poorly again, you know, not much to it. And I'm like, but I, I, I want attention. So then my body would produce some kind of symptom, whether it was pain or physical problems where, or tremors like that one. And uh, and then because it was something different, he'd be like, oh, 
oh, what's wrong? I have to look after you. I'm like, yes, they get what I want. So my mind is registering all of this. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm getting worse. I'm getting so much worse. All I wanted was a hug. That's it. I just wanted a hug. But that's yeah. how my my programming was to get that attention and love because yeah. that's what I needed when I was younger as well. And that's how I did that. And it's oh, mind blowing. I love it. <laughs> yeah um yeah absolutely and like I said it just comes out in different forms so for you you were you had that and Mm. and, um which makes sense but lots of people you know people that are listening in you know in their relationships they might act out in a in a slightly different way Mm -hmm. but it is the underlying core of it is to get reassurance and to get attention to get love Um, because it's missing and unfortunately it's not always the healthiest ways because obviously that wasn't a healthy way for you or for the relationship oh no <laughs> yeah. and because I didn't know how to express myself yeah. so our family we did not talk about our feelings mm-hmm. and that, you know mm-hmm. we would celebrate things but anything that was bothering us we didn't talk about mm-hmm. so I wasn't taught how to do it so when I went into a relationship like that was that was like new I was like how how do I say this well I'll you do what you see don't you so my parents would like slam a cupboard or slam a door when somebody wasn't helping or doing something so I was doing that because I was like well this is what we do this is how we get attention this is how somebody listens like I am in a huff and then I didn't get the result I wanted because he wasn't helping he wasn't doing it he wasn't reading my mind (laughs) yeah and that's the thing it's a very passive aggressive ways that come out when you don't know how to express yourself we just hold it in and then it comes out in passive aggressive ways, which actually sabotage our relationships because no one wants to be around a passive aggressive person because it's, it's, it's not fun and they're not communicating. They don't know what it is that you want or what's wrong with you. And, and really it's like a child, if I'm being honest, it's like a, a child that can't communicate. So they might throw a tantrum and, the, and it's not any, it's not any criticism or any fault. I've, it's the fact that these trapped emotions are inside of us and we haven't processed them and we don't know how to communicate them because a we probably don't feel like they our needs would be met even if we did communicate them um and we've learned that is the case so we just kind of hold them in Mm. feeling very resentful and not getting our needs met in the situation and the idea of saying excuse me but I just really need a hug or something like that is like the last thing we would think to think to do is to just say what we need because it masks it doesn't it because you don't know that you're looking for a hug that's that's the problem like you don't know that you just want a little cuddle and then asking for it is like well how's that gonna help (laughs) yeah but I don't know that I think he's that you don't know that you want that because you've never learned that that's what it is so as a child because you didn't get what you needed you just acted out like that so you've learned that's just what you have to you know you haven't realized that's your needs that you're needing in that situation because you've always just done this yeah yeah now I just go I need a hug like and he's not a huggy person either so this is why like I get to that point because of I don't just get them randomly I have to ask because he doesn't give them out like I have to be like I stand there I'm like can I have a hug please and he'll give me one because he knows that's what I need but he doesn't get the same effect as what I do from a hug yeah and and I think we have discussed this before the idea that maybe he might 
be an avoidant and you might yes. be an anxious attachment style oh. and one of the um unfortunately the differences there is the affection like uh, an avoidant doesn't need hugs it doesn't need that kind of you know connection physically um whereas anxious we really we do and we we want that for ourselves so yeah there's a difference there yeah and I think I felt guilt as well for asking as well you know before Mm -hmm. it'd be like oh he doesn't like that why I I can't ask but now I don't care because I'm like this is what I need and this is what I'm asking for (laughs) yeah that is incredible like that is in, that is insane like amazing so now you're getting your needs met and you're able to communicate because I know when we were working together you were struggling with being able to communicate your needs and to like and that was definitely something that you definitely changed over the time and transformed in the idea of like being able to express yourself mm. would you say yeah. I would um be terrible for knowing something's bothering me yeah but not knowing then how to it was almost like a block in my mouth. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't say that out loud. So I'd have a conversation in my head instead. And then obviously that doesn't resolve anything or get anything. It doesn't tell the other person what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And um, since working with you, I've been noticing, like I have those moments and I notice that I'm holding, it's almost like holding your breath. Like I have that. And then I'm like, why, why am I causing myself this? this problem this issue and so then I'm like just just get it out doesn't matter how it comes out just get it out best you can then you can like rearrange it after but I just needed to get it out and I was like oh it's like I can breathe again and mm-hmm. my husband is very good at listening and he doesn't he doesn't really talk um, but I need to he doesn't so I'm learning that it's okay for me to just say all these things because my mind works so differently to his and mine can get like go off on a like a whole tangent and have like 25 tabs open mm. of conversations about one thing and he's like oh I didn't even know that was a thing I didn't know it bothered you and I'm like <laughs> yeah and that's amazing that he holds that space for you I think yeah, he does just content. listen um rather than getting defensive or anything so so that's fantastic that you have that outlet and now you feel safe to to speak up and and express what you're feeling um I know another you know thing that we really worked through in your business and your personal life was people pleasing you were you know people pleasing came up a lot and that you know there was a common thread or pattern there um straight to childhood which Mm. is all where it all begins um so tell me a little bit about like what you were experiencing with with people pleasing Oh, I was a chronic people pleaser, Um, more so like before I met you, like I was even worse, like I was actually a little bit better when I met you. (laughs) I'm even better now, so that's good. But yeah, I would just, from from what I've learned about myself is, you know, the like empathy, that that side of stuff is is just a coping mechanism, that it, it's not something like in, in the world of spirituality where you're like, oh, you're so empathic, you can pick up people's feelings. But it, it's actually, no, you learn this as a child to survive, to be able to read the room. And that, yeah. was, you know, that's people pleasing, that's yeah. right there. And that's what I did all the time, especially around my dad, because he was, so I don't know how to describe it but like he was in the army you know very regimented very sort of oof Mm -hmm. sort of energy so you did have to be careful in how you approach things if he was in the right mood so I would have to figure that out before 
I I knew how to go about things and or leave it and and just don't talk about anything and just leave him have his space and and things like that. So that's where I always think my my biggest moment of people pleasing came from was then, which I would have been around between the ages of like nine and eleven. Really, I've been really sort yeah. of aware of like when we say things. <laughs> how we say things yeah yeah absolutely and that is one of the common things that I see sometimes in in people is that you know they they might not recognize a traumatic event necessarily that's happened but immediately I'll say to them you know how did you feel did you walk on eggshells you know did did you have to feel like you had to please someone or like manage their moods that is impacting everything because that is a trauma response that you're having to do that and if you learn that as a child then I promise you you're a people pleaser as an adult now because it's survival and you're you're literally it's everything you've learned and that's exactly what you're saying is so right you know it's not who you are who you are and who you should be is being able to please yourself Mm. yeah not people pleasing everyone else because it's fear we fear what the repercussions are of their moods yeah and judgment was my other one that was a really big one growing up yeah of always feeling judged and then I would judge others because that's what we do we take what we see and we do the, <laughs> or yeah. we do the opposite you know it's two sides isn't there you either go to be really judgmental or you're not judgmental at all but then that can also be a hindrance as well in moving forwards but yeah yeah. I was very judgmental as a as a teenager, especially like if my friends were smoking and things like that. Because mm, my dad would drill into us and you do not smoke, it's the worst thing ever. And you know, we were afraid of him, so we didn't do it. And then when my friends did, I was like, Oh my god, you can't be doing that. And then I would snap their cigarettes and oh my god, <laughs> I don't know how I kept friends. Um but <laughs> that's what I learned like you don't do yeah. that how dare you well, well I mean I suppose that was a good cause that you were trying to do there but, <laughs> yeah. but I hear you it would have filtered into all different aspects and obviously mm. teenagers will be just teenagers and there is yeah. an element of having to live and not control and mm. I think that is what comes you know because people pleasing you're actually um trying to control how people think of you yes yeah how that how, putting on a mask, yeah. isn't it? It's putting on a mask and you're performing. Mm. This is this is what I want you to think of me. I am this, you know, whatever that whatever it is. I mean, it's almost acting to an extent of yeah. like, you know, what you, you're trying to get them to not think and judge you and criticize you and think badly of you and all of those different things. Yeah, I use humor a lot. A lot. Yeah. Especially yeah. when I was poorly, because then people won't ask questions. Then they don't see what's really going on. They don't see the real pain or what goes on behind closed doors. And using humour and deflecting was my way of coping. Yeah, and that's really scary because they say a lot of comedians, Vincent's, are some of the, yeah. the the saddest and most depressed people in the world because mm-hmm. cause they just use humor as everything and they actually don't know how to process those feelings so for you you know when you were using humor to deflect was you actually processing the feelings of what was underneath or was you oh, just no, wearing a mask no and that's even when I was on my own like they didn't have to be anyone around me because like my prime example being so um when I had the tremors and spasms and I couldn't walk in things 
and I would have to imagine myself in a film yeah. <laughs> and then I'd ask myself oh if you were watching this would you be laughing and I was like yeah I'd be laughing at that person who was walking absolutely fine then absolutely not and then crawling to get into the house I'd be laughing if it was a film and it was a comedy thing yeah. but this was my real life so if I in that moment felt everything that was really going on underneath all those layers then I, I would have broken I would I wouldn't have been able to survive so it it definitely helped and I needed it yeah but it also filtered and took over my life as well so that I couldn't deal with what was really going on yeah yeah absolutely and this is the thing this is why you know that was a coping mechanism for you and everybody turns to coping mechanisms and it might look like alcohol it might be like look like being distracted all the time dating lots of people it might look like food comfort food or even somehow it can look like um you know even exercise oh like you know it could you could you always have to look at why you're doing something um because any amount of excessiveness of excessiveness of anything is is too much um and you're probably numbing yourself from what is what is really underneath and unfortunately that is only going to come out more so for you because you weren't really dealing and processing with those things it was probably impacting your illness even more because that trauma was just staying trapped within you well yeah because I would make everything into a joke so then my husband would think I'm doing all right but then I was like angry then that he didn't understand that I wasn't all right. And it was just this vicious mm. circle and we had no way of communicating. He can't express his emotions. He still can't. I have learned my language now of how to express and how to say things that I need to. But we didn't have that back then. And I, and we were just, I don't even know how we got through it sometimes. But that's survival, isn't it? You just yeah. do it in a way that your body just knows how to do it. And then deal with it on the other side. <laughs> Yeah. And now that you've learned to express yourself and communicate yourself and ask for what your needs are and recognize what your needs are, do you feel that your needs are more met in your relationship with oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So we nearly actually split up a couple of years ago because it was like I just kept seeing the same pattern running over and over again, saying the same things over and over again. And it was it was just constant. Every sort of year it would circle back around. I'd have all the same emotions and frustrations that nothing's improving. He's not understanding me. And obviously at that time I was like, it's all about me. I wasn't even trying to understand him. So it was just me, me, me. Um, And then we had some time apart and I realized how codependent I was at that point. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And then I also recognized that he was probably suffering with some depression and he had a lot of pressure and stress because he was the only one working. And at one point he had to do the kids as well because I couldn't look after myself. So he had to do everything. And um, the time apart made me realize that one, I need to learn how to express myself better, but it wasn't just about expressing myself. It was expressing myself in a way that he understood Mm. because he is big picture. So little bites, you know, little bits of information. If you ask him to sum his day up, you know, he would just be like, yeah, it's all right. Even though something may have gone drastically wrong because the overall day was all right, he had an all right day. Whereas if you asked me about my day, I would break it down into like morning, mid-afternoon, afternoon, afternoon, evening, and tell you the details of everything. Who I seen, the words that they use, so I'm not mixing it and making you think they said something else. And I'm I'm very like, do-do-do. So I had to learn 
like a three hour conversation of all my issues and problems and emotions that I've built up over the last year will not work with him because he mm. will switch off. He literally cannot take the information in. And um, so now I, I do it. That's why it's better to just do it in the moment. That bothered me when you said that. It made me feel a certain way. Instead of waiting till it all builds up and then lose your shit over a tiny little thing. <laughs> so yeah, so that was um, something that I had to really, really learn. And from that point, we have got stronger and stronger. We are much better than we ever used to be. And, you know, he hasn't changed all that much in his way of expressing, but I have. So yeah. because he holds a space so I feel heard, yeah, it makes a difference. He doesn't have to give me, like, an hour conversation back. I need to, need to know that he heard me and that I know his sort of body language on how he takes information in, if he's thinking a certain thing, I can get a lot just by sitting with him. So I know that he's taking something in. I know he's listening. I don't mm. need him to say it back for me. And that was something I had to learn because of everything growing up, watching films and movies and rom-coms mm. all tell you that they do these big gestures and romantic things and have these beautiful, like, one-off things where they go on a little spindle of things and I'm like I didn't get nothing like that not not one I'm lucky if I get a paragraph out of him so that was something that I had to learn mm. well unlearn like that that's not life that's not how it works that's not everyone yes there are some like that but mine isn't that so I have to learn his way of speaking and his way of communicating yeah and that I'm still figuring out I have to say yeah I've got it much better than I used to be yeah and I think that's okay if you can live with that and it works for you and you and it it does meet your needs to to you know a very good extent and I think it's obviously working for you um I think other people might struggle with that but I think the fact that he holds that space rather than gets defensive or makes you feel invalidated I think that is good because I think a lot of the times an avoidant might do that instead because Mm. they can't take the conversation and therefore it triggers an anxious person more whereas the fact that he holds that space at least to 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 listen and take it in and doesn't you know invalidate you or anything at the same time Mm. I think that obviously meets your needs in the respect that at least you feel heard yes because that was something I had to sit with at one point to to check in am I am I getting what I need? Is this okay for me? Mm. Um, and, I, and I recognize that, yeah, I know his language, his silent language almost. It's like the little half smile, the way his eyes will sort of like either like squint or, and that is his language. Mm. But like, you know, that takes years to learn. Um, and also he is very good. I don't know how he does it, but like I'll be, I'll, I'll have said like a half hour thing that's just been bothering me through the day and I've gone off on one, I'm losing it. And he'll just say one sentence, like just one sentence. And I just feel all this pressure disappear. And I'm like, ah, yeah, 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 you're right. And I'm like, I get so annoyed with myself then because I'm like, is that it? I just needed someone to say that one little sentence of reassurance and I'm solid. But that's why I have to say it out because otherwise I get lost in my mind and that would go on for days. Yeah. But do you ask for what you need when you're doing that though? So then when he does give you the reassurance, do you ask for the reassurance? No, he just comes out with it. It's like he knows when I need that one thing. 
Wow, that is great. That is fantastic yeah. that he does that. I think I think that makes all the difference for you. Mm. Rather than re-triggering you and re-upsetting you, for instance, it soothes you, it gives you what you what you need in that instance. Yeah. And it helps that you've learned to maneuver your communication so that you can get what you need in that instance. Yeah. Yay. Um, so obviously you have an incredible story of this chronic illness. And that you were able to, you know, change your life, like, you know, heal this chronic illness. And, and you know, when we say chronic illness, like you weren't at all the person that you or that you are today in the sense of being able to do what you are able to do today. Isn't, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't really look after myself at one point at all in like, oh, do you have to wash my hair or dress me? And yeah. now I'm like, oh, let's go out for a walk around the mountains. Like, it's yeah. crazy when you really look at those two separate people, because they yeah. are two separate people when you, when you kind of, from somebody that knew me back then and knows me yeah. now, it, it's a bit of a shock to them, I think, when they see me now, because yeah. they're like, wow, well, you can do all that. Like, yeah. I used to spread it out through the entire week. <laughs> yeah, and that is an amazing story. And I love that you're using your experiences and what you've done to guide other people and to, to build your business in that respect and and get the word out there. Um, but I know that when we first started speaking, you know, working together, even though that was really in your heart of what you wanted to do and who you wanted to help, I think there was some people pleasing elements in, in terms of that as well and, and being able to set into that. And I get that because it is a really vulnerable thing when you when you're using your own story and your own experience. There's a lot of layers that you have to get through and a lot of fear that you have to kind of get through to be able to do that because you're kind of putting yourself in a, you know, it is vulnerable. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about, you know, that, that you know, that that experience for you. Um, oh, I've gone blank there. Ask me the question again. <laughs> again, that whole question. Um, <laughs> Just break it down. <laughs> So I know when we met, you know, the, you know, you wanted to help people with chronic illness and, and in particular, you know, use your story and your experience and what you're doing. But I think there were some blocks there. There were some fears in terms of um, doing that and people pleasing, you know, yeah, doing that's it, yeah. what you felt Sorry, you should do there. rather than what you want to do. Yeah. So I, I love the spiritual side of stuff. That's where I started. Yeah. But I found that I would be almost judging myself because nobody really said anything to me um, of like just the skeptical side of things of that's shit, uh, it's bullshit, you're making it all up, uh, prove it, like and all those things. And I would get so stuck in my own head. So when I found like Reiki and the sound healing, I went more towards that because that was more... Um, there, there was more studies behind it though it was easier to explain to people um so I went that way and then when I learned about the NLP and the mind side of it I was like oh, this is even easier to explain to people there's lots of stuff behind this and you know and, and you can really show people um the, the elements of that and break it down especially with their experiences and kind of link it from here to there and that made more sense to my logical mind mm. So I went that way more purely because pleasing people, because this will make them happy. This will make them understand 
what it is that I do this and this will help them absolutely this will help them and um, because that's why I was doing what I was doing but it took away the spiritual side and I was always so always trying like you I'm saying I'm not comparing and yet I was comparing do you know it, it was like subconsciously doing it and some they're doing it this way it should be a three month thing it should be a six month thing oh I, I can't do six weeks like people don't do that and then with you I learned like there are no rules like why why are you putting this pressure on yourself and it was just purely because of what I thought people thought like or what they weren't even thinking I thought they were thinking and you just get lost in it and I, I really did I think I really got lost in it in my entire business being run as well to please somebody else yeah. um and trying to get their sort of appraisal and oh yes this this is it this is working yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and then I wasn't getting it because it it wasn't because it wasn't aligning and it didn't make sense to me anymore. And working with you, I finally figured that out. Like, yeah. it took a while. It did take a while to get yeah. there. Yeah, but it was like that last session with you. I was like, oh my god, I know what I'm supposed to be doing now. Yeah. I know that the the place that I light up is when I'm connected with spirit, when I'm channeling, when I'm, I'm doing mm. art, like I created an Oracle deck because I love just being in that energy of not knowing where it's going, not knowing what I'm creating, but yeah. just following it and flowing and trusting that whatever comes out on the other end is what is supposed to be there. And um, yeah, so now I feel like I finally found where I'm supposed to to be. And I feel like it's almost like, back to the beginning but in a way of having wisdom behind it you know it's not like the naive one it's yeah. like having the wisdom and the knowledge and all the learnings over the last few years of starting again but in a way that is actually me and aligns with my truth yes and that is all really is is what you needed was to remove the fears and the mm -hmm. mindset blocks that were that were stopping you from being your authentic self and what actually felt right and I know because I was exactly the same when I when I first started my business I knew who I wanted to serve I knew what I was here to do but I went round and round in circles for a really long time trying to you know fit that into something and actually essentially all, what happened was I just went back to what I knew was in alignment with myself but I just mm. had removed all the fears in between that time which was so important to do because then when I was able to do it I was doing it from a place of fearlessness because I'd removed all that and I was sure no this is it this is what I was what I'm here to do um mm. so it's so 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 important and especially when you've experienced trauma which nearly everyone has um as a child or and your people pleasers and, and you have all that fear you need to remove it business is so confronting like doing anything even relationships of course are so confronting and it's those layers of fear and those mindset blocks and like you said about the judgment I always say to anyone about judgment you cannot meet, read anyone's mind you mm. cannot read anyone's mind you have no idea what they're thinking honestly you don't when you think of it logically but so many people get tripped up by this idea of they live their lives out of fear of what other people are thinking mm. but how on earth do you know what other people are thinking you don't it's what yeah. you're thinking about you you it's yeah. your judgment of you so when you realize that and you can 
change that for yourself because you can't control what other and you can't control what other people are thinking you have no idea they're probably thinking about themselves which is what I always say as if like how important are you that you think that they're thinking about you in the first (laughs) place like no it's all about your judgments of you what you're thinking people are thinking so when you have that control you're able to change that for yourself and stop judging you amazing so how do you feel now now that you're in alignment would you say yes yeah I feel like it's like um it's like coming home that's how I would explain it um because I loved all the meditations and doing readings and yeah crafting and creating things like I I loved that and it just got that fear got so big that it was just easier to to run away and find something else to do Um, and I loved everything else that I did do though which I think really trips you up because it's like no yeah when I when I was with clients you know I was still loving it and enjoying it but when I woke up in the morning I would be like oh I've got that today whereas now I'm like oh I've got that reading today like I had a reading this morning and it lifted me because I got to bring her her dad through and bring a message through that she was literally why she came to to for reassurance and I was like that is so cool that I get to do that like (laughs) yeah Yeah, amazing so tell us a little bit about what a reading entails because because I don't know that I know 100% myself so I'd love to hear from you what that is so everyone's different um I like to I love cards I have about 20 to 50 decks of cards what I know it's an addiction I don't even have the space to <laughs> I've cleared out half my desk for them um but because I like to play and I like to see yeah. what comes out and also it depends on the person that comes for a reading so I I say I, I I'm intuitive I yeah. really listen to the person um energy when they come in I like to check in and see what color I see with somebody and then that gives me information straight away and it helps them feel at ease um because people are skeptic and like that's okay um I just trust that what I'm picking up is what they're they're needing to hear and the cards I say the cards never lie okay because they don't and they're just fascinating in how it can confirm so much stuff that maybe has been spiraling around in your mind so they're really good for like guidance and confirmation and things like that um and then I like to connect with loved ones um I prefer it if I have a picture of the loved one, if there's someone specific that somebody wants to connect to. They don't have to have it. I just find it's easier to, if you think of energy, like there's a lot of energy around us all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you give me a picture, it's like I can funnel to that person and be like, okay, here they are. Because otherwise you might get like a couple of people come through and you find someone sitting there being a bit like, oh, I didn't didn't really want them. I wanted someone else. So I've I've learned that because I got this is one of the fears that uh, I shouldn't have a picture because some people say you you shouldn't you should just be with whoever's there. So then I was getting stuck in my mind and the fear was coming in that oh this isn't how you're supposed to work. But then when I came back to it, I was like well no how did you enjoy working like yeah. I was like okay well I I felt less stressed 
if I had a picture and then I can say, okay, I have this person, I'm seeing them like this, their characters like this, they make me feel this way, they're bringing this through. And that just takes so much pressure off me. Mm. Um, but I felt like I shouldn't because it's not how it's done and things like that. But when I just come back to myself, come back and go, but if you didn't have that fear, what would you rather do? Like what, what makes you light up? What makes you feel at ease? Oh, okay, give me a picture. And then I know I've got the person you want, takes pressure off instantly. And it's just connecting between the whoever comes through and the cards and the energy of the person. Mm. And that's how I read. It's like a mix of the three. Sometimes I'm more focused on whoever comes through because maybe they need more of a message from the loved, loved one that's come through. But sometimes people are so stuck and they have no idea where they're going that the cards are really good to kind of open that up and maybe find a pinpoint and then explore that a little bit more to get more understanding or details around something that they've been maybe um confused on and, and not yeah. sure which way to go um so yeah so that's the way I like to to work sometimes I'll just get a piece of paper and just scribble while I'm with somebody I'm like let's just see what comes through as I scribble because it takes my mind mm. to the paper so anything else that comes through is just again it's the fear so I used to get so stuck in, oh my God, what if I don't bring through what, what they want to hear? What if I don't connect with them? And, and I, I was awful for it. So I got a piece of paper um, and just started scribbling because I've seen somebody else do it. I was like, I'll try anything. I'll give it a go. And it worked really well for me. So then I just started scribbling and I just say things that were coming through. And yeah. you know it's the simplest of things. And I think we overcomplicate so much. But if you just come back to, what makes me happy like it's yeah. so helpful <laughs> yeah and I think it's you know one thing that's missing you know for for my audience is definitely self-trust um yeah. so it's actually building that self-trust and building that trust comes from intuition you yes. know um that is why coaching is so powerful because it's pulling those answers that you already know mm. you do it's just pulling them out and getting rid of the fear that's stopping them from coming out of you. Like you're, you're pulling them out. You're pulling your intuition. You're, you're building that self-trust within yourself. Um, and that, it sounds like, you know, you've got to a place where you're starting to trust that intuition for yourself and be like, no, this doesn't feel right for me. What does feel right for me? Let's go with that instead. And, and that when you live life, from that place and and stop thinking about other people and how it should be done life becomes really simple really it does I'm not sure I couldn't understand that before and yeah. I think it's always depends on where you are doesn't it like you hear something you're like mm, well, that doesn't work or that doesn't make sense I don't understand it or you think you do and then all of a sudden something else happens or you hit a, a moment where you're like aha and then it's like oh that's what that means and I feel like that's what happened to me, like by the end of our sessions together, where I was like, ah, this is me. This is my voice. This is what I want. And um, I've just been carrying that through because I made a plan. I made loads of plans on what I was going to do, especially for 2023. But in December, it was like, no, I've changed. My energy's completely shifted. My thoughts mm -hmm. have shifted. Now I need to come back to where am I now? And I think that's something to always remember is like, just because you have an idea a couple months ago doesn't mean 
you're going to have the, it's still been alignment a couple of months later because you don't know what's going to happen in between those couple of months you might have some big healing moments and you're like oh I was only doing that to please somebody else um but also the year 2023 in numerology is a seven which is all about um the self and your intuition and building your inner voice up as well as like learning as well but it's very spiritual basically this year the number seven and take time to tune in with yourself and I love that I'm like yes that's where I am as well <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I didn't um I didn't know that amazing I also know that you do sound baths as well that are online I love sound baths I've I've experienced some and I I think it's incredibly healing and such a good place to to be are you still doing those yes so I'm doing them every month but I'm doing like so um February will be an in-person one and then March is online and I'm alternating them through the year like that and I'm doing them on the full moons this year as well because I felt really pulled to it and I was like yes what a brilliant idea to just get rid of shit get rid of what you don't want and bring in what you do want and then connect sound because I love sound you know I love sound yeah. and and really align the energy, clearing out the old, bringing in the new and being yeah. set up for the next cycle. I think is brilliant. Amazing. Yay. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us today? Oh, there's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it's just be yourself, isn't it, really? Learn to be your awesome yeah I love that word awesome like and I think we get so attached to words as well like the word awesome you might instantly think oh I can't say I'm awesome because that's being big-headed or Mm -hmm. things like that not just awesome but successful or amazing or beautiful I think we get so stuck on it but I'm like no I am my own awesome I'm my version of awesome and yeah I've used that a lot to get myself through things in a jokingly way but I've realized no I'm not joking I am fucking awesome yeah Yeah, absolutely and one of the things that always comes up with my clients and community is you know they'll be quick to call somebody else beautiful and incredible and all of these wonderful wonderful Mm -hmm. words but they wouldn't call themselves it what no way you should absolutely be calling yourself it and this is the you know this is self-love all of those things that we're doing for other people we just Mm. have to do them for ourselves yeah. And it feels so uncomfortable, especially if you have an anxious attachment. It's like it feels so uncomfortable because our whole outlook and projection is always about another person. It's always about looking after other people, which mm. is where you have to turn it inwards and change that around. And, and life changes when you start to, to do that for yourself. Yeah. And your confidence grows. Like my yes. confidence has grown loads since um, what, the whole of last year. And then especially after our sessions together, I'm like yeah this is me like and I I don't feel bad for it anymore and I don't try and like hide it like I'm like no I am fucking awesome and I do this and I do that and this is what I want to do and that was so scary to do before to say to say that I connected with loved ones like I used to hate to tell people I was a medium because I was so scared of what they might say but now I'm like no it's what I do like There's, there's no question in it because I literally do it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and you know not everyone is gonna understand everyone's gonna judge whatever that's why we just have to live our lives for for ourselves you know well, yeah because like I've met people that don't believe it and that's okay because that's 
their beliefs and that's where yeah. they are but that doesn't mean I don't I have to change my belief so yeah. and I and I like meeting people where they are like I was a skeptic you know I didn't believe in any of this to start with and now I live it and I'm like oh it's so different to where I began Yay! amazing okay so that sounds like a perfect place to leave this at, at you are fucking awesome I love that and everybody that is listening is fucking awesome um and I love that high that we're leaving it at where can everyone find you and connect with you and if they want readings or sound um, yes yeah. so my website is hope light well it's hope that a dash light.co.uk and then my instagram well all the socials then are at hope light uk yeah absolutely and I know you do some readings on TikToks and and TikTok as well and tarot pools which are really really successful so yeah yeah and on YouTube I do the pick a piles again now which I I do enjoy oh on YouTube amazing (laughs) thank you so much for for sharing thank you for having me And if you're wanting to learn more about how you can navigate the relationship between an anxious attachment style and an avoidant attachment style so that you both can get your needs met and you can experience less anxiety in your relationships, or perhaps that you have recognized that you might have been in this kind of dynamic before and you're currently dating and you want to ensure that you don't get back into this kind of dynamic going forward. It's called the anxious and avoidant trap that you want to make sure that you you either can manage the trap so it's it's a healthier dynamic for you or that you can avoid it if you are currently dating then join me for my masterclass, the anxious and avoidant trap where you'll learn exactly how to manage it from a healthy place if you're currently in it or what to look forward for when you're when you're dating to ensure that you don't get back into this dynamic head over to my website now www.candistamorrowcoaching.com for your place at that masterclass. Thank you for listening to the Fuck Trauma podcast with me, Candice Tamara. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it on your socials and let people know. And if you have any feedback, please feel free to share it with me at Candice Tamara underscore on Instagram. And if you haven't done already, hit the follow button and follow the podcast because it's going to be full of juicy, juicy, juiciness that you do not want to miss. Until next time, see you then.